The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a Wales, Wales to a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringer. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Rotherham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box for Duffy, he can hit them, and he does. McGuffin has scored an absolute screamer for Rotherham United. Rotherham United have secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favour, drop me off in Hello everybody, welcome back to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. Thank you all for being with us on a weekend where it didn't involve us. Um, you know, fourth round weekends, as always, as you'd expect. Rotherham United didn't play. Um, <laughs> so we will have a chat about maybe some non-transfer news. But this is essentially, um, as we've put out last mailbag episode, so what we've asked you to do is send us some questions and we've got a fair few questions to go through. Some serious, some less serious um, and we'll go from there. Mick and Danny don't really know any of these questions, which is going to be fun. No, and I'm they, terrified. We're going to get a little background on some of them, um, but that's all it's been is some background, <laughs> so it could be fun. Mick, how are you doing? I'm all good, mate. All good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm good. Very, very good. Thank you very much. Danny, how's it doing, mate? Not going to lie, lads. I'm absolutely knackered today. <laughs> it was a hellish shift at work yesterday, but we got through it. We managed... Didn't wake up until four o'clock today, I might add. Um, but we're all right and we keep going. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Grunder, YouTube is Martin Hall and Dave Carroll. Gab Grunder's with us. And Sarah Ogden. Um, Chris Page says, Hi, has the t- has the um, mailbag got any new contracts to sign? As a touch mailbag, not a contract, not yet. Um, Shell Stone said, But Ipswich wish they had played us. Did they got an easier game? No <laughs> doubt about that. Um, Maidstone proving that. Teams, you know, like can get through past the third round. There is life beyond the third round. Um, maybe we'll take a light thing out of their uh, book, page out of their book. Let's start with the non-transfer news, Mick. Let's just get this out of the way. We are 28th of January as we sit here. Uh, zero signings, minimal transfer rumours. The one that was a rumour, Cal Lang, is probably going to Portsmouth. Uh, how are you feeling? It's the same as we were last week. You know, if we get somebody in this week, we do. If we don't, we don't. Let's uh, let's not worry about it. I mean, I feel bad personally that um, I've been I've been off running about working and not being involved in um, in getting people through the door. Um, you know, I've been putting tweets out that don't relate to signing people, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, we should all be doing something about it. And, uh, and none of us really are, are we? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, Dan, I asked you, Danny, I, asked, I think I asked you a few weeks ago, what, how would you feel if we didn't sign anybody? And I asked it just as a bit of a talking point. I didn't really think it would happen. <laughs> it's becoming the point where, uh, look, deadline day could be very, very busy. We could sign two or three players between now and Thursday, but there's it, it's a real possibility we may go without business this window. Um, thoughts? Yeah. Um... I'm sort of going to echo what I said earlier. Like, obviously, it's disappointing that 
we've not signed anybody as it stands on the 28th, just because, you know, everybody else seems to be signing people and like, oh, it's, it's the exciting time of year. And I think there's almost an expectation from fans to sign someone in a window, regardless mm. of how you're doing um, during the current football, way football is. Um, but to spread it out in other terms, yeah, we need centre-backs, but we've got two coming back shortly. Yeah, we need wingers, and I think that's the main sticking point as to why I'd be all right, but slightly leaning on disappointed if we didn't sign anybody, because we need wider players. Um, but crucially, there's is it four days left? Call it three, because we're in the evening today. Uh, Thursday it closes. Thursday, right, okay. So, <clears throat> so a few days left, which has drastically narrowed the window on losing Victor this window. Yes. Um, so I think that's a crucial point that he's staying. I think the only player we've lost so far is Bowler, which is understandable because he needs game time and that might be him done at Rotherham. So wish him all the best and everything. Um, and we've got rid of the players who weren't really cutting the mustard with us. Mm. Um, and then we've completely finessed Peterborough and brought back Kyoso as well. So we've upset somebody as well. So in layman's terms, it's not a successful window, but. What's what's the word? Um, where it's not it's not mediocre because that means it's awful. What's the word? Um, where it's just like adequate. Just adequate that's the yeah. It's it's just adequate in broader terms, but in terms yeah. of how football is now, it's quite poor. Yeah, to add some context to the window, the window has been. I I don't remember a January transfer window like this one in general. Not rolling United really. Like, I did a count upon Wednesday, I think, and there had been seven permanent signings in the Premier League. I mean, that's just unheard of. If this solely into a window, that might be AFCON playing a part. It might be the Asia Cup. It might be financial fair play, which is playing a part in a lot of Premier League clubs. This all filters down to us here. So I know it's frustrating. I know we all want to sign a lot of players, but this January transfer window has been the quietest I have ever seen, ever. It's just yeah, not past. It's just crazy. It, uh, yeah, it has. It has. And as, the bottom line is that there's very few people have signed anybody. As, yeah. you, as you pointed out there. So we're not really on his own. It's not like we're the only team mm. out of the 92 that's not done any transfer window business. You know, it, it, the, the ones that have are massively in the minority. Mm. But, you know, let's not let's not cloud the fact that uh, Tony Stewart won't put his hand in his pocket. Rob Stewart, Rob Scott's too busy booking coaches and, and Sam Todd's not doing anything at all about getting transfers in. So you know, let's not gloss over things like that, and uh, and because because that don't fit the narrative, does it? We bought them at the food chain. We said it. We said it, and we keep saying it. Thursday might be a busy day. We might get two or three in. We might not. Whatever happens, happens. You know, um, we just have to sit tight and wait and see. I I suspect we probably will get a couple yeah, in. I, 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 I suspect, uh, but the key, like Danny said, there from our point of view. From a Rotherham United point of view, is that we've still got Victor. We keep Victor. That'll be criticised, obviously, for not cashing in. Should we go down and we don't get 15 million for him? Um, but you know, why would you sell your best asset if you if you are genuinely trying to trying to stay in the division? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's 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 an ideal transfer window for social media because. Whatever happens as far as the club are concerned, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. That is a perfect description of it, Mick. I like that. Do you think Elon Musk would have had a word on this? Do you have to get a bit more revenue going through X? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Because because there is going to be something for for, for people to moan about. Whether, you know, I mean, let, let's just bring somebody in for a sake of it. You know, just I don't mind how dross they are. That's forget it. At least we've got somebody in. Mm. Why would you do that? But it it would appease some people until yeah. they then start playing and find out that they crap, and then it'll be the you know what I mean. It's just whatever. Yeah. Let let them do the jobs. I, I enjoy people getting upset about the rumours. We were linked with the that guy at Newport, that McLaughlin from uh, Newport, and people kicking off about this rumour because he's from League Two. I'm sort of thinking, well, first of all, it's a rumour. Don't worry about it, mate. It's it's a rumour. And second of all, well, we've signed plenty of people from League Two. It turned out to be all right. Matt Crooks was having League Two. It's yeah. so, so don't worry about it. Just wait. Just wasn't, wasn't Matt Crooks our only signing of that win of that January window as well? 
It might have been actually, you know. It was it was the nine um eighteen nineteen January window, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was deadline day though, but it was. It wasn't no because I remember him playing against Leeds and cleaning one of their players out. And yeah, we signed him from Northampton, did. didn't we? Did I don't know. yeah, yeah. So they got just so they got the still hope. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, John Merrell, John Merrell, Merrell asks as Tony Stewart accepted relegation, save money for summer. I, I just think it's the window. I think if if the right deal's there, I think he'd put something behind it, but he. He's already said he invested in the summer. You, we might not think that's what he's invested as much money, but he has already invested in the summer, so I don't think we're getting loads more now. I mean, um, in, in one sense of it, he invested 10% of his net worth, or, or his reported net worth yeah. in the summer, because his net worth's about 20 million-ish. 20, 20 to 25. Yeah, so like, like, and he invested like 2 mil plus changing wages in the summer. So it's at least 10% of his net worth. So that's a, that's a lot for... Well, for, for mm. Tony, anyway. CJ says Rathbone came from League Two as well. Yeah, let's not. Mm. There's some gr- really good players down in League Two. Let's just not be snobby about it. We know. Remember, we're Rotherham United, who not long ago played in League Two. Let's try not to be snobby about the players we're signing. Give them a chance if the signings do come through. League Two um, might play into one of the questions we're going to have a look at later as well for me, anyway. Maybe. That's not some homework. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Premier League, that's where we'll be in five yeah. years. <laughs> right, let's do the mailbag. We may come back to some other Rotherham stuff later. Well, I saw Rotherham stuff, but we'll do the mailbag first. So I've got some questions, Mick. This, this is where I can do it. questions for Mick and me, or is it just. Answering? I'll be honest, most of these are for Mick, but I'm bringing both of them into this. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so this is. This, I've got 11 questions written down, Mick. So if you just pick a number one to 11, and I'll just delete them as, as we go through the night and then. See how many we get through. Number one to 11, Mick. 11. 11. Oh, my lucky number. Harry Ashfield. This might be a quick one. He says, which beer makes Mick more likely to have mood swings before a rant? And does it vary? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Beer's got nothing to do with my mood swings. Okay. (laughs) They don't swing. My mood doesn't swing in the same place all the time. <laughs> Miserable. Okay. I think there's just different levels of irritation. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Beer don't have an effect on that. I mean, in that respect. Okay. So the rants aren't aren't longer or short on amount of what beer you have now. No, no, not really. <laughs> in fact, just just, just answering. What beer? What beer are you drinking? Uh, my favourite. It's my last can, so I'm making it last. Red Stripe. I'm going to make it last. It's my last one. I'm going to go into Danish stuff next. Danny, anything, any beer-related shenanigans for the podcast-wise? You, 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 you vary, or you have, you have, you have whiskey and beer and all sorts. So yeah, well, the, I, after you stop drinking Carlin, because John will get crap. Yeah, John's irritation got best of me, so I've just stopped Carlin altogether now. The one that makes me the most not um rantful, shall I say, but it seems to be the one that um <laughs> gets me the most vividly talking about football is Cruz Campo at the minute. Oh, good beer. After four or five pints worth of that, I'll start telling you how Rotherham can actually get to the Premier League and <laughs> and just be fluid in a different language whilst talking it that I can't say on online, but anyway. <laughs> Danny, Danny, I've, I've seen you four or five pints deep, and you'll talk, talk hind, legs or, uh, hind legs off a donkey about any yeah. subject. So, um, if someone if someone was said to talk, just start talking to me about soil after five pints, I'd tell them which is the best kind. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's Devonshire, by the way. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, that's that's for a different question. Do anyone also send some questions in uh, about that soil in Devon? Danny will answer those. Um, John Rell says that he's turned Danny into a beer snob. It's <laughs> beer snob. His work is done. No, nah, I've just seen sense. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, Danny, one to ten. Um, four. Four. This is from Brendan Thieker. I'm going to read out the full question. It says, greetings from a lone miller here in China, working close, with, close to Shanghai with a blade and a Middlesbrough fan. He enjoys the enjoys once once enjoys the podcast and loves hearing mixed rant, ref rants. 
The question is for Mick. We had a couple of people send this. I've just picked Brendan as, as, the, as the one, but a few people mentioned this. This is, I give you homework, Mick. Um, who is the best ref you've seen officiate a Miller's game? That's a great question. That's, that's, a, that's a really good question because, um, yeah, I'm going to have to come back on that one. I really don't know. I know you gave me the homework. and I, I, I missed you about four days ago. Genuinely, I, I I can't remember. I can only remember the bad ones. Um, so I'm going to come. I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. I'm really, 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 really sorry. What can I do? What can I do? There's been listen. I, there's been some good performances. Yeah, there has, but, yeah. But, but to be fair, in in my in my sort of view, the vast majority of those better performances have been by League One referees. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that. Yeah, I, I was um, going to pick out last season. No, not last season. Even before when we played Crew, played Crew at home and drew one-one. Um, and apparently the referee gave a penalty against us in the last second. Wes Harding, yeah, um, pulled the guy. I think it was Sam Allison. I think. Um, but yeah, he was he was an excellent referee. He didn't win the game. He cost us the game because he gave away rightly gave a penalty. Um, but he was he was a brilliant referee on the day. Um, if I'd been able to remember his name, if I'd been able to remember his name, that's who I would have picked. I'll be honest. So, I'm pretty sure it's Sam Allison. Yeah, um, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was excellent in that game, and he has left us a couple of times since mm. as well. Um, and and he, he he takes charge of the game. He don't make he don't take any messing about, and 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 he's consistent. Mm. So so yeah, I, I I would say him Sam Allison. Sam Allison. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. That's what. On a mention, I thought Rebecca Welsh was was one of the few excellent referees we had this season. Again, it was in the whole game where we didn't really make it very difficult for anybody to referee the game. Um, and I know she's had some poor other games, but she was excellent on that whole game. Um, Danny, any any swing to mind? Any, oh, if you can't remember the name, just sort of games that we can sort of go, you know. Um, <clears throat> my one that sort of sticks in my brain is Steve Martin when he reffed us against Reading when we absolutely battered us. Is now, that because he set Barlas her up? No, it, it's because I thought it was very fair both for both teams. Reading was just appalling. Um, like Steve Martin has been very hit and miss with us since, and it's probably because we told him he did too well against Reading for us. Um, but that's the the game that really sticks in my mind. Like, actually, he's had a really good game for us, and there's not really been much criticism directed at the referee after the game. Mm. It might be because we won four 0 I don't know, but that seems to be the game that there was the least amount of flat directed at the referee, as far as I can remember. Anyway, yeah, he must not have been wearing his stupidly tight shirt, Steve Martin, in that game. <laughs> um, might be wrong. Is it, uh, is it Steve Martin with the ridiculously loud whistle as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's very much the typical referee of "Look at me, guys, I'm in charge." That, that guy. Um, Matt Miller says that Sam Allison's the new Premier League referee. Which, again, from that one game, doesn't particularly surprise me. Yeah. Uh, I guess Rick Welsh is now a Premier League referee as well. Absolutely. Shelley says, "Do you also think that psycho uh, psychologically we think a referee is better when we've had a good, good game or, or, or result?" I think for us, Mick, doing this, we have to look at it a bit differently. Yeah, because if we came it. here every single game and we'd lost and berated, and I know we do a little bit anyway, but I've, we've got to try and be a bit more objective about it. I know we, we fail, Mike will tell us what we fail at sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but we do try to be a bit more objective about a referee, referee performance. Look at the Borough game last week. I thought we got away with a couple of things. We got a point out and we were successful out of it, but I don't think referee had a good game because I thought he could have given a couple of penalties and whatnot. Um, but it is difficult, isn't it? It, it is difficult. It is. And... The, the the issue from I'm always said it many many times the issue from a refereeing point of view is, is is not necessarily the ability or competence of the referees because because like Mike points out very regularly you know they they they, they train they train they train they train mm. um but it's 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 the, the tools that they've got to work with that that yeah. make their job so much more difficult and as a consequence put them in the firing line. Um, you know, the, the 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 rules are now so ridiculously complex and ridiculously rigid as well. Um that that you know it's it, it it's not a job that, that anyone really would want to do. Um but but what it and, and what that what that does do then is it, it leads to interpretation, it leads to it leads to inconsistency, mm. you know. Um so it's it's a really, really tough job. I, I 
I, I, honestly, I, I wouldn't do it for a, for a gold pig. I genuinely wouldn't um, because it's, it's it's so difficult. But some of them, mm. we know, are, are really, really bad. And others are, are at the top of the game. But even the ones that are at the top of the game are kind of forced into mistakes because of what what the the rules that they're trying to implement and mm. the way other other referees interpret them as a as a as a as a perfect example the i mean the the, the spurs man city game the other night you know the man city goal probably nine times out of ten that that that's not given because it's a for a foul on the goalkeeper and yet on this occasion it is given yeah and and in my view probably arguably rightly so you know, every every supporter of every team can go through and, and discuss how many goals they've had disallowed for something similar. You mm. know, and it's in the tens, twenties. It's it's loads. So it, that that's where it all falls down. You know, and it, and it makes it so difficult for the referees to make the right decision. So mm. yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But while ever football's been a thing, you know, the referees have been. Subject to scrutiny by by supporters, and you know, a supporter of one team could sit next to a supporter of another team, and they both have a completely different view about the referees mm. officiating the game. You know, because it like like Shelley said there, you know, that does play a part in it. But uh, mm. yeah, Sam Allison, probably the best one I've seen so far. Uh, yeah. Um, also, referee job not helped by clowns at Port Vale chasing the referee around up pitch, which is a mm. wow. You know, Oregon state of affairs. We've had mm. we've had more of that at, uh, at West Brom as well today, haven't we? No, yeah. thank not the referee. This is no, not with the referee, but different. Different. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was that was not good. Um, Danny, I'll bring this one to you because it's funny. This isn't it. Shelley says to counter the question: What is the worst referee in the performance? While you think of that, I am going to let Scott Kent come in and say the referee in the playoff final against Leighton Orient was excellent. He was David Coots, and I think he is also a Premier League referee. He was one that sprung to mind as well as a, as a very good referee. I know, that's 10 years ago now, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, I do remember the referee having a, a, a decent game. Um, yes, Danny, any... Well, we can all talk about that incidents, can't we? We can all talk about, you know, Victor getting elbowed in face and Keith Stroud having a put not giving a penalty at Sheffield United. Um, it's difficult to think of a one-off bad performance. To be honest with you, I thought Keith Stroud against Middlesbrough was a particularly bad performance. Oh no, I've, I've got one that's far worse. Lee Doherty against Burnley. I'm still bitter about oh, yeah. that game. I have never been so angry at the end of a football game <laughs> other than that one, and it's purely down to how poor he was as a referee. Mm. Um, and that will always that that's burned into my brain that <laughs> performance and I will never forget it until the day that I die um, so yeah, yeah I didn't even have to think about that as soon as I saw that question pop up from <laughs> Shelley in the comments ping straight away Lee Doherty against Burnley Look, I'm getting wound up just thinking about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need some of that red stripe in a minute <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah that's my answer and will always be my answer Scott Kent says the Trevor Kettle against Barnsley, which was two thousand five or six, I think, oh, sent three players off, sent the goal, sent the manager off, and gave a goal that wasn't over the line. Um, other than that, great game. Uh, but yeah, so that's a very famous one. So we mentioned about Bobby Madley. I think it's an interesting bit because when referees have a bad game, they don't normally have a bad ninety minutes. Mm. They often just have 10, 15 minutes where they kind of lose their head. Bobby Madley was a perfect example of that this season. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a bad game, but for 15 minutes, his head went and it just mm. went crazy and it and it killed the game for us. That mm. tends to be how the performance is really good down for referees, doesn't it, I think? Yeah, it, it does. And and that can happen to all of us, can't it? You know, that mm. does happen to all of us. You know, you, you get frustrated at work or something goes wrong or whatever. And for 15, 20 minutes or, in my case, sometimes longer, <laughs> you, you tend to lose your... Uh, how many years? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um it, it, you do tend to lose, kind of lose a little bit of a grip mm. on what you're supposed to be doing, and so it's it's, it's understandable. And and given the environment that they're working in, you know, with however many thousand people screaming at them as well, as well as the 22 players on pitch, you know, it, it's a, it's a really high pressure situation for them. So you can understand why that would happen. Mm. Um, and, and that's I guess difficult to train out of somebody. Um, so so yeah, I mean you, you're absolutely right. The, the the worst performance for me has been this season. 
the worst overall performance for me, and I hate to mention it, but Gavin Ward at Plymouth, I think probably was one of the worst refereeing overall 90 minutes performances I've, I've ever seen. Um, so, you know, he had a just... That was both had, teams as well, weren't it? That was the both teams, yeah. Yeah, 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 100%. You know, uh, Akeem Adoffi should have seen red. There, there, there were all sorts of stuff that went went on in that game that he just, he just, he just lost, lost complete mm. control of it. So, you know, but like I said, it's not a job that I would want to do. I, no. I genuinely wouldn't. Um, and, and I mean... Like all of us, you know, my, my job's a high pressure job. There's there's a lot of pressure involved in what in what I do, but it's not that I wouldn't step over into something like that. I just just be too much, too much. Yeah. Uh, Tom Case says Jared Gillett, and I think that's worth a shout. Always seems decent. Doesn't seem to give stuff out. He did the Blackburn game on New Year's Day, most sort of sort of a memorable. He did the Wednesday game in lockdown, the, the home one where the drone stopped everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Australian, Australian guy. I wasn't aware. Um, John Morrell says, worst performance from the officials this season has to be the old VAR in the Spurs-Liverpool game. But Cole Sir said, yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> That's, that was a very bad one. Um, we had a question, Mick, I can't put it in. I, somebody, somebody asked us a question, if if life had gone differently, would you have married a referee? <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that one in. I, didn't, you know, I know your wife sometimes watches this program. So she, uh, she's already seen that question, and I, I'm, I've now been told I'm not allowed to answer. <laughs> I can answer it, though. <laughs> she's not a referee. <laughs> <laughs> right, back to the I question. Can, I can answer that question. Go on, then. It makes some very interesting um, relationship predicaments. Could you just be giving you yellow and red cards, depending <laughs> on what you've done? Mainly red, mate. Yeah. Mainly red, yeah. Well, there's a sitcom in that, I think. Mick marries a referee. There's definitely... <laughs> um, <laughs> you've heard of my Mick. parents are aliens, my wife's a referee. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, well, it's been uh, on which way. Mick, back to the questions. Go up one to nine. Uh, seven. Seven. Uh, I'll come to you, Danny. Do you think we have seen Victor's last game for the Millers? No. Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you very confident that that's it now for Victor? In terms of this window, anyway, that is is he's here now. Yeah, um, I am leaning on the side of caution because someone could still come in with an absolutely silly bid and take him off as you know, like a bid we couldn't turn down. Yeah. Um, the sort of bid that would build the new training ground for us, that sort of money. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of this window, it's like the wrong sign at uh, the wrong time to sign um, a goalkeeper permanently. Um, sometimes it's on loan to provide a bit of competition, like what Sheffield United have done. Um, <laughs> but you don't really see keepers move permanently in January. It's definitely more of a summer rebuild, strengthening sort of transfer. Mm. Um, so I'm confident that, well, leaning on the side of confident that Victor will stay for this window. Um, summer, we'll have to wait and see with that one. I do think if we do go down, Victor will go elsewhere just to further his career rather than being in League One again. So I'm sure he wants to play at the highest level he can. But for this window, I'm to put a percentage on it, I'd say like 75% confident that he'll stay. Um, and his next game for us will be against Southampton on Saturday. Uh, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think people are fed up with certain people, certainly certain people will be fed up with talking about Victor potentially leaving. Mick, uh, you, you are satisfied over there? Yeah, I'm obviously very, very satisfied and, and, and quite amused with Sheffield United's choice, to be honest with you. Um, mm. I mean, they brought this keeper in and they're sending fothering him out. Yeah. Which seems a bit bizarre. And, and I mean, I didn't watch the whole game yesterday, but I watched quite a bit of it. And, and he, you know, I'll tell you, the, the, the goalkeeper that they signed reminds me of I, who is it that signed that bloke, that, that player who'd never played football in his life and spent a, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but he just reminded yeah. me of that. He looks like he's got no idea what's going on around him whatsoever. I mean, his, his, his technique. It's just like it genuinely like he's just he's seen it on FIFA and thought I tell you what yeah. I'll give this a go. Um, I, I think they've made a bit of a mistake there. I'll be it honest. Happens this. So he's obviously he's been back up to Oblak, I think, at Atletico Madrid, and you get this. Obviously, when Leeds signed that Real Madrid keeper, I can't remember his name now, um, but they spent a lot of, they spent a lot of money on him. But he'd been back up to Casillas for fifteen years. I mean, he got four Champions League winners medals. <laughs> but he'd been, he'd been back up and he'd come to Leeds and he just lost his head. So, it, it, great shot stopper. 
But his all-round awareness for football was rubbish. You could tell he was a second-choice keeper. And I wonder if that's going to be a similar kind of situation. I don't even think he's that good. I might be wrong and I might be proved wrong, but it just seemed like he, he genuinely didn't know what he was doing. I think I think Chris Wilder's had his pants down there. It's just genuinely. The but, thing is, he'll not be with him in Championship, will he? That's the thing. Well. Because he'll be a lot so. of money. If we stay up, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned yes, yeah, Southampton signed a relative of somebody, didn't they? As, as he was usually, it was Ali Deer, right, I think. Yeah, um, that's the he one. Played, he played an hour or something like that. Yeah, um, something like George Ware's cousin or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, Graham Soon has signed him, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what it strikes me. You know, you know the the, the first the Brighton's first goal, mm. uh, which which looks like an absolute screamer. But the goalkeeper had got so much time to see it and his positioning and the way he held his body and everything else as that ball as that ball was struck was just like it was genuinely like an under 12s keeper. You know, <laughs> we've we've seen it, you know, somebody, oh you can yeah. win goal, let's have a look at you, see how good you are. And I just stand there crouched, waiting for ball <laughs> as it flies past the head. It was bizarre. So anyway, it, it should be fun to see if, uh, mm. if if we're if we're if we're dead and buried by end of End of February, which is highly likely. At least we might have a bit of amusement with uh, United's choice of keepers. True, fair. Uh, <laughs> Danny, we have eight left. Question one to, one to eight. Um, seven. Seven again. <laughs> this isn't a question, and I don't know if it's possible. Aaron wants a picture of Mick with hair. <laughs> <laughs> Make it go five minutes and we'll find a picture to show as you can. Uh, uh, you're obviously not now, Mick, but have you got a picture we can share on social media? I haven't. Well, what well, if I've got some to... pictures of you with her? Have you? Your hair, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> That's, if uh, anybody watching, that'll be on X tomorrow, Monday morning. I'll, I'll, oh, find, I'll find them out, go somewhere. Um, there you go, Aaron. We'll get you one. That's one wish fulfilled. <laughs> Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Oh, Mick, one to seven. Three. Three? This is the one you had homework for. Alfie Knott, thank you, Alfie, for the question. If all of our players went into the Hunger Games, which player would come out on top? Oh, God, that's a great now, question. I, 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 Mick hadn't not... I, I haven't watched Hunger Games, but I, I understand it. Mick hadn't watched Hunger Games, I don't think was aware of it, so I have sent you a, a Wikipedia of that. No, you see, I, I've got an extension of that question. Is it just uh, the Hunger Games in the current squad, or is it like where all the champions come together for the big Hunger Games, which is like the best players that we've had? Because that's so the, the way that's I the, read the, it. The, was, the games. We would have to essentially select a champion to go from our from our squad to fight the rest. It's easy, isn't it? That's why right, okay. It's dead easy. Sam Plukas is doing it every day of the week, isn't it? It doesn't strike it strikes me as a guy who will be happy to get involved. It doesn't strike me as a guy who's gonna win many. No offense oh, to uh, Although with the Hunger Games, if we're sending um uh players from our squad to compete in like a championship hunger game, mm. we have to send two tributes, don't we? So we have to send two. Okay. 
But if we're picking the winner of the Rotherham United Hunger Games, then I agree with Mick, it will be Sam Klukas. Okay. So so you're you're telling me that Sam Klukas beats Sean Morrison and Shelley says Hakeem Adolphin. I I, I would say... um, Pelletier. They've got... You're telling me Lee would be the sneakiest no. one around. Sam Klukas is it strikes me as that sort of bloke where um he's it he can be really pleasant with you and really pleasant with you on the football pitch and just beat you with his own ability. But as we saw when it flared up, he's got that right angry side to him. So I reckon if he was to get into that angry side, which you do when it's life or death, like the Hunger Games, he would knock everybody out of the park. Morrison, um would go strength through, I think. Uh, but he'd probably get his own little gaggles. I've researched this, can you tell? Um, Morrison would sort of get his own little like gaggle of um, tributes together and he would lead them to it and then probably just get rid of them so he'd win anyway. But uh, Sam Kluka strikes me as the guy that just channel the angry side and just get rid of everybody else, personally, anyway. Okay. Um, Scott Kent. Scott Kent says Tom Eves. And I think that's a good shout because, you know... When you watch certain films and then there's all the blokes sort of fighting and then there's this beautiful woman that turns up and takes a helmet off and her hair's flowing and they all get distracted. That'd be Tommy Eves. Tommy just take his hat off and flick his beautiful hair around and they just get distracted and then just win. I think yeah, that's a good shout out, Scott. It's because he's um, worth it. <laughs> Shelley, uh, Shelley said hacks. I think hacks is too nice, to be yeah. honest with you. I know it'd be mm. life or death kind of situation, but he's got. I don't know. I just think he's too nice, Mick. Mm. Sorry, Sorry, I was just interrupting yeah. mid-tip then. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. No, he, he's, um, he, he's he's strong. He's fast. He's quick. He's aggressive, but he's too nice. Yeah, just, I'm going pelts. Again, just, I'm not, wind, wind, just wind, wind some Kluka so <laughs> talking a little bit and getting good. <laughs> Job done. If we were to send two for a championship Hunger Games, I would say Klukas and Kelly, personally. John Merrill says Kelly. Says Brave Man sent out to Kelly. He looks like a loony on face, Matthew. Yeah, yeah, he has got that look about him as uh, as Georgie, has he? No disrespect to Georgie, but he strikes me as one of those where as soon as two fuses touch together, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. he won't bat an eyelid as well. You know, when things get rough, he won't be bothered. Mm. He'll just carry on going. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with pelts. I want pelts as my man. Um, Chris Teller says he's never seen Hunger Games, but don't want to now from what we've said. (laughs) It made me read up on this, and it sounds like the worst concept for a television program that I have ever heard in all my life. It's a book, yeah. It's a book, I mean, the the word that sprang to mind when I read it was sick, (laughs) and it's still, it just, it just is sick. Okay. The, the books are a lot better than the films, though. Truth yeah. be told, we'll see. That tends to be the case. Um, <laughs> Shelley says, if it's brute strength, he says hacks all day long. But Jamie Lindsay would have a good go as well. Yeah, I yeah, won't want to get on the side of, of Jamie. Only Lindsay, be like the Tasmanian Devil, wouldn't he? He would. Yeah, he'd be everywhere, yeah. wouldn't he? If if we're all being honest with each other, the one you'd want to do, you just bring Guy Branston back out of retirement. Yeah, yeah, because you would then mm. we'll be fine. Like yeah, if, if it was the, the Legends Hunger Games where all the former champions yeah. come together, Guy Branston 100%. Correct. Power Matt says, you're going to play dead until it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Oh, um, <laughs> I've seen that. Tony Stewart, the one running it all. We've got to get that. Oh, really my God. Now that you- now that you've said that, I can picture it, you know. <laughs> Tony Stewart is President Snow. Oh, dear. This is, this is going down a bit of a rabbit hole, this. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. Um, Shelley says Kelly will be good for his intelligence, could plot his way out. Mm-hmm. He's, got the, he's, got, he's got the brains and the brawn, and I think, Georgie. Um, I think that's fair. Right, moving on. Uh, Danny, one to six. Um, I'll go for one. John will be very happy you've picked number one. No. This was John, one of John's questions, right? So this is a question for Mick, but it goes for all of us. So, Mick, would you rather fight a Nicholas Zigic-sized Barry Bannon or 10 normal-sized Barry Bannons in a fight? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've thought about this. Yeah. And I've looked very closly at who's in the comments as well. 
Uh, so I can't answer it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Either way, whichever situation, you'd be fighting somebody with ginger. Sorry, Sarah. I know you're <laughs> so I'm not an idiot. I'd be running away either way. <laughs> I went, okay. That's it. That's me. So you're not fighting any of them. I'm not fighting either. Not oh, fighting that's a great cop out answer. That is a cop out. Why would you? Why would you? I'm going to get leathered. Yeah. I think, think it's just put a brown out. I don't want to say a ginger. Well, that's Ziggy Gin. But if he's a, if he's a Barry Bannon size, Ziggy size Barry, Barry Bannon, then he's going to be right, ginger. Okay. okay. Just for context, uh, Ziggich is six foot seven and a half. Um, and Mick, you're one of the few of us, and me and you are one of the few of us that's held the Barry Bannon sized shirt. That's so true. we know how big he actually is, and he isn't yeah, very yeah. big at all. But there's 10 of him, you know. Ten, just, there's 10 you'd of have them. to go for a big lad, wouldn't you? You'd have to go I would, big, I would go for the one big one. It would depend also. So it depends what kind of situation. If, if, if Barry Bannon's been six foot seven all his life, then that's a bit difficult because he's used to being massive. But if it's suddenly sort of a, a kind of lightning strike kind of situation, he's well, he ends up he ends up being like Captain America, and he has Cap, Mr. Captain Sheffield Wednesday, and he has super soldiers oh, yeah. here. Like, oh, if, he's, if he's suddenly massive and he's not used to that height, you might be able to sort of put him off balance quite quickly. You've thought about this, haven't you? <laughs> That's the point. Um, so I would go for the tall one on that one. It, um, I go to the side, Barry Bannon, Daddy. Now you see, now that we've sat down and thought about it, um, I, I came in with the mindset as soon as I heard ten normal sized Barry Bannons, it's like, oh, I get to punch Wednesday's captain ten times in the face. Happy days. Um, no disrespect to him, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke in person. It's purely for the team that he plays for. Um, but now that we've sat down and thought about it, it's like actually it would be a proper skirmish with ten. But I suppose yeah. if it was the six foot seven size Barry Bannon, um. I imagine it'd be one punch and lights out, but if you got a few licks in, you'd get the respect for it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, would, I, would go for the, I would go for the big one, personally. I'm sure Brian Bannon, we should say this, but this is Brian Bannon said, obviously, as a signed shirt to, to sell yeah, for yeah. Uh, for charity. So we should say, you know, he's a great man. guy. Um, mm, yeah. But John Rell says, John Rell says, a six foot seven small man syndrome villa in a big body. I'm running away. <laughs> Factor in a dark alley, and it's just it'd be like road running, just a cloud of smoke behind you, and you've gone, you know, like oh dear. But yeah, I'd, I'd take I'd take the big lad. <laughs> Martin Holland says these are some weird questions. Yeah, they're very weird questions. Um, this is what losing in the third round of the FA Cup does to us. We've got to take on that stuff. Um, to continue, Sarah Ogden says, Mick, you never know, you know to never take on a ginger, especially with our fiery yeah, personality. Uh, that's why I apologise first, Sarah. Uh, we have basically serious questions left. So that's right, probably excellent. done serious. Done to someone. So there are five left. We might not get through all five, but um, Danny, give me a one to five. Um, we'll go five this time. Five. So Adam Harton says, should Rotherham have a policy of being more receptive of selling their players when their value is at highest so it can be reinvested in the squad? Rather than wait till last years of their contract, or let them walk on a free, i.e., Wiles, Barlasa, Lamis Albeno on a free. Um, this feeds into the sort of the Victor question: is should we, should you be pushing for the sale because that's best for the club financially, but you're then hurting yourself on the pitch, aren't you? It's it's it's, it's a difficult. It's, it's we the clubs obviously found it difficult because we haven't got it right yet. Mm. I think it's um, it's a hard it's a hard game to get right <clears throat> with that. To be fair, I think. Two clubs that stick in my mind that have got it right recently is Brentford and Luton. Hmm. They seem to have got it right, uh, but that's two out of 90 te- uh, 92 teams. Um, I think we are getting better at it, like hmm. i.e. Wales, for example, and Sparlasser. Um, But I think we still err on the side of caution with players like Victor, who are game-changers. Mm. Um, where we sort of hang on for them to be more beneficial throughout the season for us. Um, we're definitely getting better with contract situations. Um, like, for example, Victor's still got a year left on his contract mm. this coming summer. Um, so we can still force a, 
um, a fairly okay sum out of somebody for him if we do decide to sell, which I think we will. Um, but we almost seem to be juggling it now, and I think it's never good to juggle it too much because eventually you will drop whatever you're juggling. Yeah. Um, and I think we are juggling, juggling beneficial to the squads and league position and uh, financial um, financial profit with players. Um, I would like us to see him go more towards financial profit uh, because then we can reimburse it back into the team and improve the training ground and the squad itself, etc. And it'd be a shorter term thing, but it also carries more risk, which is, I think, why we've not jumped in the deep end with it just yet. Mm. Um, I don't know, it just depends on how long we're willing to juggle it for because eventually it will drop um, it's just picking the right moment to lean into one or the other fully Yeah Danny mentions, Valley mentions Brentford there Mick and I think they're a good example the, the problem for us is we're, we're not in that Brentford mould because whenever Brentford did it they were always steady they were never in a relegation fight so they would never had the risk of We've got to, either got to sell these players because we're in League One, or oh my God, we're in League One, so they're worth half the value. We, we're not in; we don't have that luxury because they, are, they we don't have the sort of the, the millionaire owner that they did. So that it is the right model to go if, if you can do it. But I, I'm not convinced we'll ever be able to stable enough club. You look, look at our history of going up and down. I, I did some maths the other day. Over the last 28 years, we've had something like 14 promotions and relegations. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. We're not a stable football club, so you, you can't really have that model if if that's the club that you are, can you? No, you can't, and, and it needs some planning. It needs some planning, and um, I think he tried to do it with with Paul Warner's manager. He gave him a long, long time, and, and unfortunately for Warner, he wasn't able to just make that step up mm. to be a Championship manager. I think probably with the exception of that first season that Warner took over halfway through, I think we've probably had the squads capable of staying in the division each time that we've got relegated. But unfortunately, the manager's not been... And, and I don't want to call Warney out because for, for obvious reasons, but I just think he, he kind of... He, he wasn't able to take that step up. Hmm. Um, we brought Matt Taylor in, hoping that he could do it. He obviously couldn't. Hopefully, this 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 manager can. But it's going to take some time to... In order to, in order to be able to achieve what you're asking us to achieve there, like you... Rightly point out, you've got to you've got to try and remain in this division in the championship for a few seasons to be able to kind of consolidate a little bit, and that way you can start that turnover of players. When you're going up and down constantly, you know you, you you're not going to attract those players. It's going to be so difficult, as we found out, so difficult to attract those players because they don't want to be relegated. Or when you're in league, the, the time to do it is when you're in League One, when we got like some yeah. in there. And, and Victor, <coughs> excuse me, and others. So, yeah, it's it. Hopefully, hopefully, now Rob Scott's taken over as, as director of football. Might be, there may well there may possibly hopefully be some more sort of longer term planning in terms of contracts and in terms of becoming self sufficient the way that Brentford did. Mm. Um, lots and lots of other clubs are trying the same thing, aren't they? So. Um, it is the way forward. There's no doubt about that. I said the way forward. It's the way football clubs should be run. Yeah, you know, it's not. <laughs> that it's not. It's hardly. It's it's not a new concept, is it? You know. Mm. So so yeah, I, I, I. Yeah, we should be doing that. Yeah, absolutely, we should. Um, mm. Whether we're going to be able to, who knows? I think yeah. it doesn't really play into our favour that we're trying to do it the quote unquote right way. Um, and we're not just going to throw money at it and hope something sticks, which you've seen loads of clubs do, and some fail rather drastically at it. Um, it feels like we're trying to do it the sustainable way, which in the football world, in terms of spending money and the nuts figures that gets thrown around in football now, we're still in the minority doing that, even though it's the right way to do things. Mm. The, the, the problem with that is, Danny, that people, certainly younger younger supporters, and that this is no disrespect at all. I'm, this is not. I'm not having a dig, but, but younger supporters don't um, don't really understand that, and they don't want that. They want the the. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a generational thing and everything else, but they want the satisfaction now. They want the the fun now and and everything else, and and kind of without any eye on the future. Um, mm. And I know people don't want to hear it, particularly again sort of younger supporters, but we want to have a club 
I want to have a club in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, um, you know, and it is the only way a club of our size is ever going to be able to, to, to maintain its existence by mm. being sustainable. And, yeah, you know, you're not going to get... We're not going to be spending 10, 15 million pounds on a player unless we get lucky like Luton have got or unless we're able to to sort of master the buying and selling routine like Brentford have done. Um, you know, other, other than that, I don't I don't see it happening. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Chris Page, right at the minute, what's more important, keeping players in lo- or, or a long-term plan of new training facilities? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a good question. Um, John, well, exactly, of course you can. Mm, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, John Morales says, or oh, you could be sold to some mega rich people. Yeah, but we all know how that turns out, don't we? Unless unless yeah. you're talking about Man City, who, who chances are at some stage in the future will be back into League One or League Two. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, you, 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 it's not going to, it's not, it's not sustainable. Because mm. the mega rich people want to return on their investment, you know. We, everybody talks about Tony Stewart investing. Investing means you're going to get a return on it, you know. So they, they talk about him investing in the club, in the playing side, in the in the training ground, but don't want him to take anything out of it. Then they criticise him if he takes any dividend or anything else out of the club. Well, that, it, what you're saying is you want him to spend his money, but not not get anything back out of it. That's mm. what that, that's what people are asking for. Not just Robin United, I suppose. Across the board, um, those are not investors. Those are those are sugar daddies or whatever you want to call it. You know, who just who just give you the money, mm. and that's not the way the world works, is it? No, no, not normally. No. Um, Shelley says, "Anyway, anyway, went to Don Valley. We'll know how bad it was at one point." Yeah, mm. always important to remember that. I, uh, I never got the chance to go to Don Valley, but I've seen the pictures of how it used to look. Um, and the fact that he's now not there anymore and it's owned by Chef Allen as its own sports facility mm. sort of says what happened with the way direct, uh, the direction that Don Valley took. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nils has wondered how much of a sellable asset Rotherham United is. That's a problem, isn't it? You never know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, it's, it's right. If you had to put a number on it, <clears throat> just a shot in the dark number for the football club, which is... Uh, the entity itself, the squad, the stadium, and the whole little backup entity uh, of staff that it is. What number would you actually put on it? The rumor yeah. was a couple of years ago that there was the there was an American business that had tentatively agreed a deal, not agreed, but you know, put forward a bid of around fifteen million. Is the rumor I heard. Now I don't, I don't know. That, we were a league, we were a League One club, I think, at the time. I just come out of League One. Was that for the whole club or like a minority stake in it, though? The, the Couldn't tell says. you. Couldn't mm. tell you. All of it is all of it is the figure, which might, which might be well off, to be honest with you. That, that's just that's just a figure I'd heard. Um, all I'd say is whatever Huddersfield got bought out for last year by this Yang, it'll be it'll be the same as whatever that was because Huddersfield, although they were in Premier League recently, but they're not a bigger club than we are. They've got a similar sized fan base. They got obviously a lot of history from 100 years ago, whatever, but they're not massively historical and things like that. Whatever Buddhist went for is what we're probably valued, at, I would imagine. Um, I don't know whether although their training ground and stuff might be different. That, that's what plays into it as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got the background stuff, which we don't know about. Um, John Rell, Bill Blues went for 25 million and the stadium was falling down. Yeah, but, um, but that's 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 not a like for like, is it? I mean, Birmingham are the named club from second city in this country, mm. you know. Birmingham, and I'm not blowing smoke up John's backside. Birmingham are a massive football club, you know. Um, where not? Mm. So that that and that, that, so there is a massive difference. I accept that they were in they were in dire straits financially um, because, like like many many other clubs, that gambled on trying to get into the Premier League and and failed. Um, so they were they were in dire straits, and and the the, the, the stadium had not been in. Done it, had any work done it, anything else, but ultimately they're a huge club. Um, so it's, it, it is slightly different. Mm. Uh, right, a few more questions, Mick. One to four, three, three. Tom, guy called Tom Air, I don't know who he is. Never heard of him. Uh, 
This is the one that you had to do another bit of homework for, which might be difficult because I'm sure Mick hasn't. Tom wants three names who you'd want to sign for next season. To be kind, I will accept types of players. So if you want a, I don't know, a Michael Smith type player, for example, I will accept that. Um, <laughs> Danny, is this something you've done proper research into? Um, <clears throat> a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm just sort of looking at the sort of players that we could realistically sign um, if we were to go down into League One next season. Mm. Uh, because even though we're in, I think being in a relegation fight now, um, it has far less pull than people think think it does. Like it's one thing to be um, in the Championship, but it's a completely different kettle of fish if you're in a relegation fight in the Championship because no one really wants to come to you <laughs> basically the, the only people really that want to come to Rotherham as it stands right now is potentially top end league two players who wouldn't mind the championship relegation and would get league one next season anyway and that's probably players who are in and around the top six in league two um because league one won't really won't really want to do it um because they'd be back in the same league next year um and we're not really that much of an attraction for younger Premier League players, A, because nothing's moving with them at the minute. Um, and also, they don't really want a relegation on the CV this early on either. Mm. So it's a very tight spot. So basically on the summer, um, I've sort of looked at a few different players. I would say um, Evans at Newport, he's had a lot of i think he's had the most goal involvements in the top four this season wow um yeah and he scored today as well um but also looking into <clears throat> league one purely based on player stats potentially and this is just to annoy peterborough fans um harrison burrows potentially is the second leading assister in league one this season <clears throat> so if peterborough don't go up um, and rather than have a, a knack of going up from League One when they've come down, he might come to us, potentially. Um, but also someone like Jordan Rhodes, who's got the second most goals and assists in League One as well. Even with but the yeah. Wednesday link. Yeah, the Wednesday link, just for laugh. Because um, it's, it's about time it went the other way, they keep taking our link players away. <laughs> um so, so yeah, they're, they're my they're my three Rhodes, Burrows, and Evans. Fair enough. Uh, Tom Kay says we'd like to go for Jim in the lower league, Langstaff at Notts County. Mm. Uh, last season was obviously not league, shouldn't have cost too much from league uh, from non league. I think he's, he's been late with Coventry for reasonable money at some point. Um, so we mentioned like Pritchard, he'll probably he'll probably follow Tony Mowbray, I had a suspect. Um, Scott gets a Moxon from Carlisle, without a doubt, he's a Barlasser type player. Now, you see, that we, could be achievable because if we were to give KO to Carlisle permanently in a swap, mm. an idea. Yeah, well, what I know, you, uh, Mickey, I assume you've got no names for me. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've got one name, definitely. Um, Josh Vickers. Um, okay. I would be, I would be in for him, um, like a, like a, a shot, quite frankly. Mm. We know that, uh, we know that Victor is, is going to be leaving at some stage. Probably not this window now, but certainly in the summer we would expect him to leave. And and Josh Vickers is right up there as far as I'm concerned. He's he's an excellent keeper. So we're going to need to replace. We're going to re need to replace Victor. We're going to have to. Uh, and and I'd be all over jo Josh Vickers, all over it, definitely. Um, he's not uh, he's not settled in too well. I, I think no. Derby fans have given him a bit of stick. Yeah, well, that's not like Derby fans, is it? I mean, Fair. you know, it's not like them. They're, they're a massive club, you see. You've got to understand that, you know. Um, and, and they really absolutely shouldn't be uh, where they are. They don't deserve it. The fans don't deserve it. The clubs don't. The club don't deserve it. So, you know, they, they're going to be they're going to be upset. You know, they're having to buy players from Little Rotherham United and stuff like that. And we've even taken a manager from Rotherham United. It's madness, you know. Mm. So the world's upside down. <laughs> so, so anyway. Yeah, I'd have Josh Vickers back in a heartbeat, absolutely, 100%. Um, and then, as we said earlier, let's have a look where we can find somebody. You know, you're Adam Alfondra type player, you're poacher, you're goal scorer, which everybody's after, I accept. You're not going to find one that is at 
uh, Alfie's level now, but certainly we did, and there will be others out there. So we 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 we're crying out for somebody who's going to put the ball in the back of the net. George is unfortunately not had the opportunity. He is a natural goal scorer. We've said it before, but unfortunately, is the rest of his game is not arguably up to scratch at this level. So yeah. and then somebody out wide. We 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 we're desperate to get yeah. we're desperate to get that ball in the box. So you know, I, we I felt that Fred was possibly would have been a, a very good replacement for Chio. Turned out that that it would appear that there was some sort of um, issue with him wanting to play for us or attitude or whatever it was. But it you know he he kind of drifted in and out of games, mainly out. Unfortunately, mm. when he was in it, he was very very good, but. So yeah, th- th- that's those are the areas. But goalkeeper for me is is, is going to have to be very very high up the list on that summer transfer uh, wish list. And, and Josh Vickers will be there. For me. The problem with Vickers is he's very injury prone, and that was that was his problem with us, weren't it? I, I, he, he, yeah, it he did, I don't think he did a full season on fit as no. fit. Sorry, so um, yeah. but that's why Victor got his chance, isn't it? Victor only got his chance because if, yeah, if, if the yeah. world went went a different way. Victor wouldn't have played in the in the Jack Papa John's tro- uh, the pizza trophy final, yeah, and then yeah. who knows where we'd all be? Uh, yeah. we'd, we'd still be able. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah, get it. you get it. You get it. Um, I think we've run out of time for more. We've got a couple more questions, but we think we've run out of time. We've done an hour. I mean, we've done an hour to be honest with you. Depends on what the <laughs> questions are. Yeah, there's like there's questions about people who we'd keep at the end of the season. We'd need to go through that properly a little bit. Uh, we've got another international break coming up. Um, mm. If you've enjoyed the mailbag episode, let us know. <laughs> if you thought it's been an absolute car, know, crash. car crash, let us know. If you've enjoyed it, let us know. We'll do another one in a month's time. Well, I'm not going to do it every week, obviously. Um, but if you think it's been all right, let us know. Either way, and we can go from there. Mick, have you enjoyed the mailbag episode? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I keep looking. I'm, I'm, I'm pizza playing Ravens, and I'm desperate to go and watch it because... Uh, you know, Chiefs who knocked out Bills last week. Sorry, John. Um, are, uh, are looking at uh, hopefully they're going to get through to Super Bowl with a bit of luck. So I'm, 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 I'm keen and keen and eager to go and watch it. Ben keeps texting me. Is it really? really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only oh, good, good lad, Ben. We will be back on Thursday. Thursday's deadline day, so yeah, we're going to do an episode Thursday. So how the how Thursday is going to work? Is we'll do a normal preview of the Southampton game, which will be an eight one nine. We'll do the standard preview. We'll talk about what we're to expect. Blah 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 blah. Um, and then we will stay on until either we get a confirmation that the transfer deadline day is a bust, or um, until we get some signings, which you could, we could be. You know, you never know. Oh, um, so yeah, that's the plan for deadline day. We also three plus Tom. Tom's joining as well for deadline day. Tom's making his uh, deadline day debut. Uh, I've told him to purchase a yellow tie from Amazon. <laughs> so, Tom, do not let us down. Hey, this is, this uh, is good. I'm going to Medirol tomorrow. I can actually get a yellow tie now. Yellow tie. Mick, you haven't got a yellow tie, have you? No. I, I, I represent Rotherham United on the uh, transfer <laughs> with my Rotherham United tie. Should, should I just like, have a feed up on my phone of completed deals? I can just keep <laughs> telling you when something happens. Uh, there'll be nobody. There'll be nothing. No, I mean, um, just like overall in championship, that's what I mean. <laughs> it'd be nothing, it'd be so quiet, it'd be crazy. Um, yeah. So that's the plan. Let us know again. Please do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. If you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up as well because that helps with, you know, the algorithm nonsense. Um, so like the video because then, it, then it's good. Uh, if you're on iTunes and Spotify, make sure you've subscribed and give us a five-star rating wherever you do wherever you do watch um, that as well. Um John else says Mick can wear a yellow wig instead. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, that's an idea. That's an idea that Mick. Yeah. Yeah. No, he won't do it. Nice he won't do it, John. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can not wish it. Um, Danny, have you enjoyed the mailbag episode? Yeah, it's been fun, to be fair. Um, it's nice to get questions in from the wider community, shall we say. Um, and I would like to do one again. I'd also like to do like a proper Q and A episode, but I don't know whether that'd be better live and in person or over the internet. But I'm sure we'll have discussions about that at some point. <laughs> More work for Mick. Like yeah. 
Uh, anyway, thank you everyone with us tonight. Thank you everyone listening elsewhere. Wherever you're watching and listening, thank you very much. We'll see you Thursday for the excitement of deadline day. And, <laughs> and as always, up the millers. Up the millers. It's a wild, wild to a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box to Duffy. He can hit them. And he does. Oh! No! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.